0: find the one every time
1: before I spoke a word, mm-hmm. before I spoke a word, you were singing over me, mm-hmm. and you have been so, so good to me, yes yeah, have, yes you have. For I took a breath, you breathe your life in me, yeah. and you have been so, so kind. Come on, every voice, lift it oh. up. Give all the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Give all its chases, readout, fight. I don't have that. that going. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Do yeah. you want to keep the music playing while we play? Or... Hey, y'all. Yeah.
2: What time is it?
1: Anytime you're ready. There we go.
3: Thank you, Lord. Thank you. you.
1: Jesus, in your name, we pray. Come and fill our hearts today. We bless you, Lord. We worship you. Lord, give us strength to live for you and glory. Yeah. Uh-huh. Of you, holy God, to whom all praises due, I stand in awe of you. you. You are beautiful beyond. Open comprehension, like nothing you ever seen before.
2: Who can grasp your infinite
1: wisdom? Who can fathom the depths of your love? majesty enthroned
3: throne above
1: We worship, you, Jesus. we worship you, Almighty God. We worship you, God.
2: Hallelujah. Glory be to God.
3: Glory be to Jesus. Wonderful
2: Savior, glorious Lord Jesus. We worship you, God. We praise you, God. All glory and honor yours, God, forever
1: and forever and forever, Lord. We God. Bless you, God. you,
2: of Peace, Counselor,
1: Merciful, Son of God, Lord of Hosts, Conqueror, coming King and never letting down. I extol you, Lord, I extol you, you are high above the earth, patience out your word. I extol you, Lord, I extol you, I Jehovah, I extol
2: you.
1: To Lausanne, merciful, merciful Son of God, Lord. Of Lord. God. I stand, I stand in all of you. I stand, I stand in all of you. Holy God to whom all praises you, I stand in all of you. I stand.
2: God
1: to move, all praises I stand in of you. I say in His name is All the kings. Above all nations and all created things,
2: above all
1: wisdom
2: and all the ways
1: of man, You were, were here before, before the world began. Above all kingdoms, above, above all. Above all oh, well. and are There's no way. Above all. all powers, above all peace, above all nature above all created things, above all wisdom, and all the way. Where is He before the
2: world began? Above all people, above all Above all wonders, the world that's
1: never known Above all weather, the treasures of the earth crucified, laid behind the stone, you lay to die, rejected at the Lord, like a rose, trampled on the ground, you took me home, you thought of me, crucified, Behind the storm, you lived to die, rejected and alone, like a like rose, rose, rose trampled on the
2: ground.
1: You took the fall, in followed me, crucified. You laid behind. The You came to die, rejected at the Lord, like like a rose rose, trampled on the ground. You took the fall and thought thought of me. You took the fall and thought of me. YOU yes.
2: Thank you, Father
3: God. We thank you, Lord, this morning. We give you thanks and praise, Heavenly Father. We just need more of you, Lord God, as that song said, Lord God. The things going around in the world, Lord God, you're the answer. There's nothing else, Lord God, that can get us through this, Lord God, but your love, your mercy, and your power, Lord God. And we just thank you and we give this service over to you this morning, Lord God. And we just praise your holy name. And we just ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Good morning. Hopefully, you guys recognize me at the same guy. <laughs> you might not recognize me this morning. So this morning is uh, Communion Sunday. So I bit a bunch off for today. So I got a few things I'm going to do today. Um, I'm going to start with a scripture real quick, um, and then the ushers can probably start passing them around as I read the scripture here. And I'm going to go to uh, 1 Corinthians um, chapter 11, verse 23 through 26. It says, For I received from the Lord. this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes <clears throat> so in reading that you know in the remembrance is "in remembrance of me you know sometimes I've heard people that say you know when we want to go witness to people to bring them to Christ and stuff like that we don't need anything fancy We don't need any words fancy. I mean, this alone. He he died. He suffered on the cross and gave his body for you. For each and every one of us. You know, we don't have to have fantastic words to bring people to the Lord. He does the work. You know, and in that blood, the significance of that blood. That he shed that for each of us. You know, so you plant the seed. With this, because I think we got to remember this. We remember these things. He wants us to remember this. That's why we, you know, we do communion, you know, uh, once a month here, because it's it's the whole story. It's everything that brought us here today, right? Many of us, that body broken, that blood that He shed, you know, and just and just a part of the body that the healing, the stripes that He took by the stripes, we are healed. That the abuse that He took for us. That he carried everything. has the whole world on his shoulders. You know, and in reading that, you know, I went on to the next verse. And then it gets a little little different, right? It's, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. You know, growing up in the Catholic Church, you know, you get your first Holy Communion when you're, I don't know how seven years old, eight years old, I can't remember. You don't even understand this as a young child. You know, so for many years, you know, through high school, I took communion every Sunday, every Sunday, every Sunday, because my mom made me go to church with my mom. She forced me and made me. I even have a story. I'd even send my brother to get the bulletin because I didn't want to go. I'd be outside. Car that's saying him. Just go get the bullet. We'll say we went. Sorry, mom. <laughs> but you know, just to examine himself, we don't want to re- keep re-crucifying, right? We're just remembering of what he did for us. We've we've accepted him into our lives. You know, so you know, like I was saying, like growing up. It was a lot that we're doing that, I mean, in the church, Catholic Church and what they're doing. It's 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 amazing. Of, I don't think I ever remember going through my sins to forgive me before I got communion. I mean, the way they wanted it, you had to go, I don't know, do some kind of 10 Hail Marys and all that confession and all these things they wanted to do. We can come straight to the Lord. But, you know, just that I ask that before, you know, we take this communion that um, we each examine ourselves. You know, because, you know, there's some things we might be doing that we don't see what we're doing. You know, and the only way to see that, because maybe we've been doing it for so long. You know, after a while, we've kind of silenced the Holy Spirit. And we might be doing things that we don't even think are wrong anymore sometimes, you know. But that each of you would examine yourself for any sins, anything that we've offended God. I mean, I think, you know, I, it just, uh, it's a crazy world. There's so much stuff out there going on. So if we could go ahead and uh, take the, the bread. The and if we could all please stand please. and just raise the bread up. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we thank you, Lord God. For that abuse, Lord God, that you took going to the cross, Lord God, the price that you paid, Lord God. The humility, Lord God, that you took, Lord, for us, Lord God, for our sins. For the filthiness that we are, Lord God, in this flesh, Lord God. That you ended it all once and forever, Lord God. That one day, Lord God, we'd be with you, Heavenly Father, Lord God, for that price you pay, Lord God. And we just give you thanks and praise for that, Lord God jesus name let's pray go ahead and take the bread if you can go ahead and take the wine and just raise it up lord god we thank you lord god for that life-giving blood heavenly father that you shed it for each and every one of us lord god that it marks us lord god that any time that god looks down on us lord god he sees your blood heavenly father That it's on each and every one of us, Lord God, that we get that mercy, Lord God, for accepting you into our lives, Lord God. And we just ask for that forgiveness, Lord God, today, Lord God, that we've examined ourselves, Lord God. And we just give you that thanks and praise, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' holy name. All right, you may be seated. Thank you all. I'm going to get beat up by my mom later on. I hope you guys are okay with that. Hopefully I get some points for nowadays, you know. So now I'm going to go ahead and. um, We have no announcements for the month of December, just Christmas, December 25th and New Year's January 1st coming up next month. A new year. Hopefully we get to 2020. Right. We're almost there. It's knocking at the door. You know, seeing what's going on around the world, you know, with COVID, which I've tried. I haven't come up here and talked about COVID really at all anymore. Because it really, it's kind of keeping me somewhere where I need to get past. It needs to be put behind me, behind all of us. Because anytime we're in fear and we're worrying about things, we're not trusting in God at times, you know. You know, I feel we need to, um, you know, in his word, fear not, right? He didn't give us a spirit of fear. You know, and then we see what's going on with the elections, if they ever get done. I mean, I don't know. I'm not even, I'm not even paying attention anymore. I'm not looking at it. I'm not seeing it. I'm, it. It is what it is. I mean, at this point, you know, I could have all the faith. I could believe, I could pray, I can ask. God might not give it to me. It, it's, it's his will. He don't give us everything we want. If we did, Pastor Lewis would have his Corvette already. You know, but, you know, there's a lot of things that we're dealing with in the world that's ensnaring us, which we got to let go. We have to really seek God in this time. Because, whichever way it goes, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. We can't be on idle. We should always be pushing forward. Even if Trump was in there, there's laws on the books that need to be changed. We should have been fighting a lot more. And if Biden wins, well, hopefully it's a wake up. You know, we we do what we need to do because we are going to be persecuted too. We can't stand back and be afraid. We got to accept that. And be those those soldiers of Christ. So I'm going to read um, in Philippians 4. Did I go ahead and start picking up the offering if you want? Sorry. Philippians 4, verse 12. And it says, I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I have learned both to be full and to be hungry and to be abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Never, nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with a concern in giving and receiving, but you only. And then let me go back to the one I wanted to read. <laughs> That's it right there. Forget what's back there. The election's back there. COVID's back there. All this is back there. None of this matters. My sin's back there. We move forward and we press towards that goal of Jesus Christ. If we could go ahead and please raise your hands forward and we're going to pray for the offering. Lord God, we thank you this morning, Lord God. We thank you for this offering, Heavenly Father. I just pray, Lord God, that it be used, Lord God, to further your word, Heavenly Father, to reach out to the South Valley, Lord God, and we pray for the missions that we also give this money to, Lord, that it be used wisely, Heavenly Father, and that they would reach people, Lord God, and bring them to your kingdom, Heavenly Father. And we just give you thanks and praise this morning, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. If we could release the children, they get it all? Huh?
0: Thank you, Casey. Amen, amen. Thank you, Ralph, and uh, ladies for leading us in worship this morning. God is good, Amen? Yes, he is. He is good, by the way. <laughs> Let me say that again, God is good. You've always responded so well, and for some reason, you know, Romans 8:11 says, "If that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, if it dwells in you, you know what it says, it will quicken your mortal bodies." You know what that quicken means? It means it'll bring you alive. It'll make you alive. Hallelujah. So let me just ask, are you alive this morning? Hallelujah. So let me say it again. God is good all the time. Amen. Amen. That sounds a little bit better there. So again, thank you, uh, Casey, Ralph, and ladies for leading us in worship and uh, just ushering in the presence. Of course, uh, the minute you walk through those doors, you bring the presence of God with you because he lives right in here. Amen. 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 Well, this morning, I've got some very, very sad news to uh, share with you. Um, Yesterday at six o'clock, Don Gibson passed away. So he's home. He is home. Um, I had an opportunity to uh, visit with him on Wednesday. Not that it was a visit. Uh, at that point, he had been brought from the hospital uh, to be put on hospice. And uh, when I was there, uh, he did not even recognize me. So I knew that it was just a matter of time uh, before the Lord would call him home. And so here it was three days later. I uh, went to visit with Jay last night as soon as I heard. And we're sitting there talking. And, um, you know, when he said three days from the day that he got home from the house, three days. And I thought, three days? What else happened in three days? Jesus rose from the dead, (laughs) hallelujah. And so Don, Don is rejoicing. He's walking the streets of gold. Don is not suffering anymore. And the man, I'm telling you for the last two years, he went through so much. Uh, In fact, right before they let him go home, they were thinking of amputating another toe. And it was at that point that Jay said, no more, that's it. Um, he had infections, and so, um, but um, I, I can see Leanna at the pearly gates saying, "Don, come on in." And so now they've been reunited, and so, uh, so Don, um, and uh, probably not this week, but the following week, uh, we will have a small service for him. Uh, As soon as we get all the details, um, I will uh, uh, let you know. Uh, I think that's the very least that we can do for Don is at least with all the restrictions that there are out there, we can get together and have a a service for Don, a memorial. And um, so as soon as I get all the details, I'll share that with you. Uh, Ruth, Ruth, for those of you that did not hear, uh, was taken to the hospital. She had a massive, massive stroke. Um, Now, because of the stroke uh, and she had a do not resuscitate, uh, Ruth is 90 something. (laughs) She's been here for many years. And even the last time that we saw her just a few months ago, she's a strong lady. uh, She was ready to go home as well. So uh, the decision was to send her home. In fact, I think Rolla told me that uh, she was on her way home this morning. Uh, She's on her way home to be put on hospice. And so I don't foresee her uh, being with us for very long either. Uh, more than likely here in the next few days, and that's what they told uh, Ricardo that probably within a week uh, she would be gone. So um, Ruth, uh, so do continue to pray for Jay, the family, Amy, and AJ. This is Don's uh, grandkids and his son, and continue to pray for Ricardo, uh, for Carolyn, and for Eddie, um, because it, it really doesn't matter if you know that they're going to go. It still hurts. It still hurts, and still. Still, uh, a tough thing to do uh, to see them go. Uh, so let's continue to pray for uh, for them. And uh, if I hear anything about Ruth uh, this coming week, I will definitely uh, let you all know. An update on Joe, brother Joe. Brother Joe uh, was taken to the hospital last week as well. Uh, he they did emergency surgery on him. He had gallbladder issues, and so they had to remove his gallbladder. Um, so uh, he'll either be home today or tomorrow. Uh, so uh that's the latest that we know but joe is doing really really well surgery went great Uh, so um continue to pray for for joe and for lupita Uh, and so joe is up in his uh some 80 somewhere um so um wow they've had a long life so joe's gonna pull out of this he's gonna do great and so uh thank god for that so get up stand up and uh, wave it at one another and uh, this will be our, our greeting this morning um so Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Amen, amen. Let me just, uh, a few things that I need to announce that uh, Casey was not aware of, and I was just told this. So, um. The uh, ladies, the ladies are asking back here that are working with the teachers are asking if you have uh, big boxes, um, not refrigerator type or stove type boxes, but bigger boxes, uh, they could use those. Um, So if you have any big boxes laying around, uh, let them know. uh, And so they could use those. Okay. Uh, The other thing is, uh, here we are, the end of uh, the year. Uh, And so we will be approaching 21 in just a few weeks. And what do we have at the first of the year? We have our annual meeting, okay? Our annual meeting, I think it's been scheduled for the 10th, which is the the, the second Sunday uh, in in January. Uh, And what happens at the annual meeting? We all come together and uh, I go over all the finances and uh, just uh, everything that's happened in this past year. Uh, So we need to have 51% of the membership present to be able to have our annual meeting. Uh, And it's looking like right now, we probably won't have 51%. uh, And if we don't have the 51%, then we'll just have to uh, postpone that until we get the 51%. Um, So um, again, the annual meeting is for all the members here. What is, who is a member? Well, we have membership here for people that want to sign a membership card. We're all members of God's family. Amen. But we have membership here uh, and people sign a membership card. Uh, The board reviews it. The board either accepts or rejects. We've never rejected anybody. Uh, But the difference between just attending here and being a part of the family of God and being a member uh, of Praise and Worship Center is when we have the board meeting, uh, when we have issues that we have to vote on, uh, only members are allowed to vote. Uh, everyone is welcome to come and be a part of that to see what uh, uh, where our finances are at, where the money's being spent. Uh, so if you're here this morning, you've never signed a membership card, you'd like to just talk to me afterwards and we can take care of that. Uh, but I believe it's January 10th that we will have our annual meeting. And Then the last thing that I want to uh, mention this morning, uh, before I get into the message is we're seeing less and less people. Okay. And the reason we're seeing less and less people is because more and more people uh, are not wanting to be around other people for the sake of the coronavirus. Okay. That's, that's what's happening. Now, let me just say to you, and this has been a very tricky thing for many of us. There are those of us that don't have the fear of Corona. There are those that have a lot of fear. And if you have a lot of fear, that's, That's up to you. We're not going to judge you or criticize you over that. I, we totally understand this. Um, and so people are staying home now because of that. But let me just uh, for the record, um, a few weeks ago, and I'll be very transparent about this. Okay. And I'm trying to be as transparent about it because what I, I don't want to do is do you, do you remember when this first thing came out? Do you remember Trump's reason for not really putting it out there? Do you remember what he said? He didn't want to panic people. He didn't want to cause paranoia. You know what happened as soon as it all came out? Paranoia. So I, I stand with what President Trump was saying concerning that. Um, and so we're, we're kind of having the same thoughts here. We don't want to create any paranoia. But at the same time, we want to be very transparent with you as to what's going on with this body. Okay. A few weeks ago, Bob and I were here on a Tuesday, I believe it was. Justin was here with us. We were all working on the sound system, doing great. Justin felt good. The following day, Justin calls me and says, uncle, I got tested positive for the Corona. Well, immediately, because Bob and I had been so close, we decided that coming Sunday to close services only because both me and Bob uh, mingle a lot and we're close to, so so we didn't want to take any chances. Okay. Bob did test uh, several days afterwards and he tested negative. Okay. I never went and got tested only because I never had any symptoms. And so because I didn't have symptoms and to this day I've had no symptoms. Okay. So since then we've had others that have come in close contact with someone that tested positive. So what we've said to them is if it's close to Sunday and it's not Beyond the five to seven days, uh, we we uh, advise that you stay home. Okay, we're trying to protect one another, and so we're seeing less and less people because as the cases rise here, and guess where the hot spot is in Albuquerque, the South Valley the south valley is a hot spot it's one of the hot spots the southwest the valley and the southeast is a hot spot where they're having numerous cases uh, on a daily basis okay and so with those cases rising more and more okay your chance of brushing up against or being around someone that is positive is going to be greater and that's what we're beginning to see that's where we're going to see less people here as well okay They're doing it for themselves, but they're doing it also for others and being very cautious. And I can totally understand that. So between now and who knows, we may get down to as long as I feel great, as long as Bob and and others feel great, we're gonna continue to worship. We're gonna continue to gather. Uh, But I would strongly advise that if you do come in contact with someone that has tested positive, okay? And it's two, three days before Sunday morning, uh, I would advise you to stay home, okay? It's it's horrible the things that we're having to deal with today, as 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 far as our um, as us gathering to to worship, but I think that all of us can we, we can't deny that the, the 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 virus is real. Okay, it is it is real and it can be very deadly. Okay, I understand that and for those reasons we're we're trying to be careful. Again, if for some reason I come. Uh, if I get sick and, and I get tested that I'm I'm posit- um, positive, uh, by all means I will stay home. Teresa will stay home, and and again I, I would I would ask the same of you that if you um, do test positive, stay home, and uh, let, let's let's get past all of this. Amen. Uh, so we're going to continue to worship. We're going to continue to get together on Sundays. The 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 group may get smaller and smaller, but if it gets down to what does the Bible say? If two or three. If two or three, he's still here, amen? So if it comes down to two or three of us, okay? And if for some reason, Bob is out and Ralph is out, I'll sing to you. (laughs) I'll sing to you or we'll do whatever, but we're gonna get together as long as we can and we'll get through this, amen? So again, I hope that you understand and for those those that are staying away, let's just respect that as well, amen? And so um, those are the other things that I needed to say. Well, Casey said a word this morning while he was reading the scripture and uh, over in first Corinthians, he said, and the key word there is examine yourselves, examine yourselves. Now, last week, my message was, it wasn't one of those that uh, you were shouting and just, uh, you know, really uh, uh, giving all kinds of amens. Uh, I think there was a lot of self-examination going on last week because I was dealing with the flesh versus the spirit. And uh, just simply stating that we struggle a lot with the flesh in in, in some areas. And so, uh, again, as I get into this message, as one may not be one of those, but the Bible, uh, Paul tells us in Timothy that the scripture is inspired and it's good for what? It's for, for instruction. Amen? It'll instruct us. Not only does it instruct us, it corrects us. And how many of us need correction? I think we all need correction every once in a while, some of us more than others, and uh, some of us on a daily basis, and I can agree that uh, sometimes I need correction on a daily basis. I, again, I thank the Holy Spirit because he's the one that corrects me. Now, Casey is the word, examine yourselves, okay, okay? We're so good at examining someone else. (laughs) So, oh, that person, that person needs to go to the altar. That person, wow, look what this person's doing. No, 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 no. The Bible says examine yourselves. Don't look at someone else and say, oh, look at the life that they're living. No, look at your own life, okay? And so this morning, I want to deal with uh, a little bit more of that. Uh, but uh, in a different way. And and let me just start with this. Uh, Earlier in the week, I came across this article, um, and uh, I'm going to read portions of this article because there's some very, very good uh, uh, statements that is made in this article. Uh, And after I read this article, you'll you'll probably get the idea of where I'm going with this. Um, And the title of the article is Christianity. Christianity is under siege in America. he starts off by saying, in this great country, it's not a crime to be a Christian, at least not yet. (laughs) But the left is working on it. Free expression of religion is not just shunned. It is ridiculed and it's mocked. And we know where a lot of that comes from. It comes from um, um, these uh, actors in in, in Hollywood, really, really... um, ridicules and mocks it anti-christian bigotry is the only form of acceptable intolerance remaining in this country to be encouraged and incited by our tolerant liberal friends in academia the media and entertainment christian principles were foundations to the american republic yet what matters to the left is silencing the christian influence of this nation the battle to destroy christianity Is really the battle to destroy America. And how long has this been in the works? It's been in the works for a long, long time. Okay, we've probably seen it probably in the last 15, 20 years, but not at the magnitude that we're seeing it today. And so we see that it is out there, it's working. The intolerant left is replacing the structure of an orderly and benevolent norm with falsehoods, distortions, intimidations, and violence. Unfortunately, traditional American Christians have been on the losing end of the culture war for a long time. The attack on the free exercise of religion now moves beyond prayer at football games and commencement ceremonies to legal battles over wedding cakes. You remember several years ago They took the prayer out of the football fields and and schools and different things. And then you remember several years ago, it was that one that was baking the cake that he wouldn't do it for an LGBTQ. And he was in a lot of trouble because of that. Well, it's beyond that now is what the writer is saying. Okay, Bible-believing people are frequently likened to ISIS, charged with wanting to create a Taliban-type theocracy of haters. Many Christians are concerned with what they perceive to be the increasing secularization of popular culture today. They express concern that Christianity will one day become hated, persecuted in America, as it is in much of the world, that day may not be far off. He goes on to say, The left's goal is to replace religious faith, with a progressive socialist agenda as the ruling norm in the left's new world order. I think we all recognize that, okay? Again, 10 years ago, the word socialism or communism was not a word that was heard here in the United States of America. The last two years, it has really gained a lot of popularity, and we hear it over and over and over again. You know, again, I would hope that these people that believe in socialism or progressive, uh, the progressives, I wish they would send them over to uh, a communist country so they could live there for a year and find out what communism is really all about. Maybe that would change their way of thinking and come back and realize that this America that we live in, it's a great country, but it's about to change. It's about to change. This is a culture war, plain and simple. The effect is cascading beyond America. This plus the relentless advance of radical Islam has made Christianity the most persecuted religion in the world. In the world. I don't know if you remember, but several years ago, there was a Muslim that was elected into, I can't remember the House or the Senate, but it was the first one that had been, and it was on television there where he refused to put his hand on the Bible, and he wanted to put his hand on the Quran, And so they went ahead and they did, we all witnessed that. And now we have several people serving in Washington. And not only in Washington, we have several people in every state. We have them here in New Mexico that refuse to recognize the Bible and they would rather put their hand on the Quran. We're seeing it more so today than we've ever, ever before. So what is happening to America? What is going on? Let me share with you Some thoughts here. In China, they're closing churches, they're jailing pastors, and even rewriting the scripture. In late October, the pastor of one of China's best known underground churches asked this of his congregation. Had they successfully spread the gospel throughout their city? If tomorrow morning the early rain covenant church suddenly disappeared from the city of Chen Do, if each of us vanished into the air, would this city be any different? Would anyone miss us? Said Wang Yi, leaning over his pulpit and pausing to let the question weigh in on his audience. I don't know. Almost three months later, Wang's hypothetical scenario is being put to the test. The church in Southwest China has been shuttered and Wang and his wife, Jing Rong, Remain in detention after police arrested more than 100 early rain church members in December. Many of these who haven't been deta- who have been detained are in hiding. Others have been sent away from Chando and barred from returning. Some, including Wang's mother and his young son, are under close su- surveillance. Wang and his wife are being charged for inciting subversion, a crime that carries a penalty of up to 15 years in prison. How many of you would like to live in China? I don't think any of us would live to China. Because we see that that's what's happening. Now, friends, this article is about three years old, and so this was already going on three years ago. North Korea. Who's in charge of North Korea? Kim Jong-un. Okay, as far as we know, we don't know if his sister has taken over yet or not, uh, but we know that Kim Jong-il, his dad, was uh, a horrible person, and his son is far worse than, and what we understand that if for some reason his sister should take over at some point, she's even worse than Kim Jong-un. Here are some people that killed their own family members because they don't uh, listen to what they're saying or because they've been disobedient. Like everyone else, Christians in North Korea must worship the nation's leader. And belonging to another religion makes you an enemy of the state. Thousands of Christians are imprisoned. Many have reportedly been tortured and executed. Believers meet secretly and risk arrest and death by doing so. Somalia. Islam is a state religion and converting to another religion is illegal. The Islamist group of Shabbat has stated that it wants to rid Somalia of all Christians, and people suspected of following the faith are likely to be killed on the spot. Many meet in secret or don't meet at all and cannot own Bibles. Iran, Islam is the official religion, and many ethnic Persians, Persians I'm sorry, who convert to Christianity is considered apostate. Armenians and Assyrians living in Iran are allowed to practice Christianity but are often treated as second-class citizens. Churches are monitored and raided by the government, and at least 75 Christians are arrested in Iran or were arrested last year. Saudi Arabia. Most Christians in Saudi Arabia are migrants. There are a few Muslim-born Christians in conversions from Islam punishable by death. Church buildings are forbidden, and so Christians meet in-house churches, which are frequently raided. Christians may be arrested, imprisoned, tortured, and deported for their faith. Again, these are countries uh, in, in the other, uh, other side of the world here. Um, how many of us have experienced anything like that here in America? We haven't. We haven't, at least not yet. So aren't you glad that you're born in America? Aren't you glad that the United States of America continues to be one nation under God? Aren't we glad that we have the liberty to come to church this morning and to worship freely? Aren't you glad? Now, if you go to California, where they're really, really under a lot of persecution right now, and they're closing down the churches, and they're having to meet, in some cases, underground, What's going to happen with the other forty-nine states? And we're we're seeing it more and more in other states. Now, these that I just read to you were three about three years old. Okay, here's the World Watch List for 2020, more recent. Two hundred and sixty million Christians experienced high levels of persecution. That is in Saudi Arabia, or, or I'm sorry, I think it's, um, um, goodness, China. 2,983 Christians were, f- were killed for faith-related reasons. Um, Korea, North Korea. 9,488 churches or Christian buildings were attacked. 3,711 Christians were detained without trial, arrested, sentenced, and imprisoned. Now, I I know that many times when we got together on Wednesdays to pray, Rola would always bring and would always pray for the persecuted church, obviously laid heavily upon her heart, the persecuted church. And, And then we read these articles of what these Christians are going through. Let me bring it closer to home and someone that we know of. And this happened last year, the Red Rose Rescue in Washington, DC. Father Embarrado, Lauren Handy and Bud Shaver, Shafer, Shaver, were arrested at around 1.30 p.m. for their rescue at Washington Surgical Clinic. It was them three and, and seven others, I believe it was, that went to Washington. They went to an abortion clinic. Okay, they walked in with red roses. They managed to get all the way in. And um, while they were there, they were giving roses to these ladies that were about to have an abortion performed. Okay, they knew. They knew they were going to get arrested and that didn't hold them back. Father Imbrato and Bud Shaver were released later on that Tuesday. Lauren Handy spent the night in custody and was released Wednesday they were able to shut down the abortion center for five hours. For five hours, they were able to shut that thing down. (laughs) They were not able to shut it down completely, but even for those five hours. But the the idea here is this, guys. They knew they were going to get arrested. If the restrictions continue... And if we get to the point where they say to us, and even though the virus has passed us, and there is no question in my mind, and I think some of you agree, that this whole virus has been so politicized, and they've taken it to a level of, Controlling the people, okay? And so if we get past it, if we get past it, and they continue with the same control over the people and especially the churches, and if we get to a point sometime in the year 2021 where we are totally restricted from gathering together, and if we showed up on a Sunday morning and they had the special force police that are watching and have these churches under surveillance, knowing that they're at the gate and as we walk, drive through and we walk in these knowing that we're going to get arrested, how many of us are going to continue to come to church or how many of us are going to stay home? go with me if you would to the book of the book of acts the book of acts chapter 17 i'll be reading several verses here again the question is and, and I think most of us are at a point of trying to figure it out. We're, we're trying to figure out what what God is doing during this time. Now, I think I think all of us will agree that there's no there's no doubt that God is getting His bride ready. I, I believe that we can agree on that. He's getting His bride ready. Okay, he's he's starting to put it all together. And I, I do believe that that it's it's very close now. Um, but are we are we doing everything we need to do to present ourselves to Him without spot or without wrinkle, without blemish? Are are, are we doing everything? And that's why I think that the, the key word is examining ourselves. I, I believe that the reason for my message last week was the flesh versus the spirit because. Let's face it, guys. In the midst that we are in, with with everything that we're facing, is the church getting any stronger? If anything, it seems to be getting weaker. And this is not the time, and it may come down to, and we see it over and over again, that God refers to the body as a remnant. It, It comes down to the remnant. The remnant is the one that has uh, decided that they're going to fight for their faith. They're the ones that are going to, if, if I get arrested, I get arrested. Um, they're the ones that are saying like the disciples early on uh, when they were spreading the gospels and, and every one of them became a martyr. If it comes to the point of the the, the remnant, the ones that are i deep rooted into the word and and to relationship. The remnant is the one that is saying, you know what? If I be killed, so be it. I'll do it for the gospel. I'll do it for Christ Jesus. See, it's a different thing that when they put you in front and they pull out a nine millimeter and say, are you going to stand for your faith? Or do you want me to shoot you right now? See, this all sounds like something that we watch on television and that's not going to happen, but friends, we see it, and I'm going to read here in just a little bit what happened when the gospel first started going out and some of the uh, uh, opposition that they faced. We're not facing any opposition right now. Our doors are wide open. There is no restrictions really for us to come and to pray and and to read and to worship. We still have that freedom. And praise be to God for that. But the question is, how long is that going to last? When is that going to be taken from us? And at what point are we going to be so challenged that we choose to stay home and not be seen. The church needs to rise up. The body of Christ needs to rise up. And so here we are. I I think that most of us are thinking, oh, we're almost out of it. We're almost out of it. Oh, thank thank God for the vaccine. Thank God for the vaccine. We're almost out of it. But friends, I got news for you. The vaccine is not the answer. (laughs) That is not the answer. There's only one that has the answer and that's God himself. And so while we're here just kinda trying to figure it all out, it's, it's it's driving, it's driving some of us crazy. I, I shared on Wednesday, on Wednesday night, that in, in Japan last, last month, there were more suicides than there were coronavirus uh, cases. The suicide was greater. I don't know, and I haven't heard the statistics here in New Mexico. But without giving too much detail, and of course, I don't have all the details, But and, and I don't know if, if uh, uh, Joyce here, I'm sure she could probably say the same thing, that because Teresa reads these charts, she is seeing more and more, not older people, but younger people that are attempting suicide here in New Mexico. It almost seems like, and I'll just use the United, New Mexico as an example. Picture a bubble over the entire state of New Mexico. Okay? There's a bubble there. And it's got a little hole there. And in that hole, there's a hose that's connected to it. On the other side, there's a vacuum. Okay? And it seems like to me that the joy of the Lord is being sucked out. Because I'm seeing more and more Christians that are being depressed. That are losing faith. And you know what's doing it. You know who's doing it. And for that reason, for that reason, we need to dig deeper into our relationship with God. For that reason, we need to examine ourselves and see what it is that's keeping us from drawing closer to God. Now, Last week, I mentioned that, and I've for the last couple of weeks, I've been talking about how maybe we're just too connected to the world, and we just, we, we have a hard time letting go of those things, and it, it is coming to the time, it's coming to the time where, where God's going to start separating, and he's going to say, okay, these are my faithful ones. It's going to come to that point. Acts chapter 17, verse 1, it says, Now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. Then Paul, as was his custom, he went into them as, for, for three Sabbaths, and he reasoned with them from the Scripture. I like what, I like what he says there, Paul reasoned with them. Uh, this idea that he didn't preach at them, but he reasoned with them. Now, we know that Paul was the founder of the church in Thessalonians in Thessalonica, uh, and Thessalonica, we'll, and we're going to go there in just a little bit. Uh, we, know, we know that Paul was a uh, founder of and, and established many of the churches in Ephesus and, and, and um, uh, Philippi, uh, so, so this was his, his uh, mission to go and, and, and to preach the gospel, to develop leaders. And then after he would uh, li- leave these leaders in, in charge of these churches, he would move on. And, but he continued to uh, 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 go to different places. But, but Paul was, was reasoning with him. If you can just, if you think about when Jesus walked into the synagogue as well, and uh, Jesus, he began to uh, reason the word or he began to speak the word. Okay, It wasn't this idea of preaching at you guys. It was just reasoning, the, the word. If there was something that someone out there didn't understand, I don't know if they raised their hand or whatever, but they say, Paul, Paul, could you expound on this a little bit more? Paul, this is the question that I have. And so this was pretty much the way the gathering was. And so you have to remember that in, in Thessalonica, um, in Thessalonians there, uh, the, the place was uh, not a very big place, uh, about 400,000 people. Uh, I think we have uh, uh, 500,000 people here uh, in Albuquerque. So um, it was 200,000 people, I believe. So so probably uh, half as big as, as Albuquerque that he was dealing with. But there in Thessalonica, uh, there was, I believe, 24 other different types of gods and idols. And, and many of these gods, many of these idols were... Uh, um, uh, Sex type of gods, and, and, and for that reason, uh, there was a there was a lot of sexual immorality that was going on, and so so Paul comes with and, and so there Paul is not only do, dealing with the, with the Judaizers, those are uh, the, uh, just uh, dealing with the law, but, but he's bringing a new uh, a new way the, the the gospel. Okay, Jesus Christ crucified. Needless to say, his challenge when he went there was not an easy challenge because there were those that uh, received the word, but it came through—it came through reasoning with with them. Okay, they, I'm sure they had a ton of questions. I'm not sure how you came to the Lord, but I know that I came, and as I shared last week, uh, with with this young man, David Fuller, that spent hours in the evenings when we were working together just to telling and and reading and and explaining the scripture to me. And if I had any questions about it, I would ask him, David, what about this? And what about that? And so it wasn't a matter of just the one time that he met with me. It was a matter of several weeks of him planting the word inside of me that I would go home afterwards. And everything that we discussed, I would meditate on that. And then there was a day when the Holy Spirit came and he's the one that drew me in. But it was through reasoning. Paul, this is, this is Paul's approach, is, is reasoning the word. I think that sometimes when we preach to someone, several years ago, we had a very scaled down Feast of Tabernacles out here. Don't remember the reasons for it. It was very scaled down. And uh, there, was, there was this lady that had been attending church. She lived down the street in the apartments. And her daughter... Da- her daughter came to that little uh, uh, festival that we had there. Basically, all we had was uh, Isidore, Cornelia were doing the fried bread. They were frying it up, and we had some music. It was very, very scaled down. Um, but there was probably 20, 25 of us there, just really enjoying the evening. And uh, so this lady comes. She brings her daughter, and her daughter is there. Uh, and they're sitting, and she's sitting in the uh, kind of uh, towards the back of where we were set up there. And she, she brought her girlfriend with her. And so as we're going through, I'm watching, I'm watching what's going on. And at one point when she puts her arm around her girlfriend and she starts kissing her girlfriend, it really, really upset me. I mean, really upset me. And I thought, you know what? I can't let this go on. And I remember, and I took about, and I didn't, I didn't talk to them. I preached to them. I don't know, some of you are thinking you should have rebuked it. But I spoke to them, I I mean, I I, I spoke down at them. Well, you know what happens when you speak to someone like that? They're not gonna receive anything that you have about the word, the gospel or anything. They got up, they left. They stood out here in the corner till everything was over. And guess what? I never saw them again. Never saw them again, why? Yeah, I got angry. I got upset. This can't go on. I mean, 15 years ago, we're in here. I'm preaching. There's a boy and a girl, girlfriend, boyfriend, they're sitting in the back. And they're back there making out. And I said, I'm not gonna put up with that. And I I call them up. I said, you two get up here. And I sat them right in the front. Needless to say that afterwards, a mom got all over me and says, how dare you embarrass my child? How dare you do this? Guess what? never saw them again. Never saw them again. I know that there's certain ways to deal with certain issues, but I think Paul, the reason that he reasoned with these guys, and how do you reason with someone that has that frame of mind? It may be difficult, but I like what Paul says there. He says, I reason with these guys. He's reasoning with with people that are sitting there that more than likely they just came out of an orgy that took place the night before. And so they're there trying to hear Paul's words. How do you deal with those things? Paul knew how to reason with them. And as a result, he was able to win them over. Let's pray. Let's read a little further. As custom was in them for three Sabbaths, reason with them from the scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, and saying, this Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded, and a great multitude of devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women joined Paul and Silas. So he was able to win over a few it, uh to, to, to be followers of Christ verse five but the Jews who were not persuaded became av- envious they became envious why, why the Jews because they felt that their Judaism was in was in jeopardy there they, they felt it was being challenged and these people are responding to what Paul is saying and they're saying wait a minute we can't let this happen so they become envious they took some of the evil men from the marketplace gathering a mob. They set all the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. And so here are these people, that these Judaizers, they're saying, well, wait a minute. Paul, he's coming in here and uh, he's, he's changing everything the way we've been used to and in the way of our thinking. And then we can't let that happen. So what do they do? They put a mob together. Can we say that there is a mob that is being formed today? And I'm going to call them a mob. I don't care what others might say. But these people that are trying to take our religious freedom from us, these people that are trying to make this country a communist country, or this nation, a communist nation, I'll call them a mob. Because they could care less about our faith. All they want is control. There's a mob. What do they do? They go in to Jason's house. Poor Jason. Verse 6, but when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, those who have turned the world upside down have come here. So can you imagine you're having a good old Bible study at your home and uh, there's someone there just preaching the word. They're just worshiping and the spirit is coming and the mob out there is realizing, wait a minute. Someone's going over to Thomas's house and they're having a big old time and they put a mob together and they go to Thomas's house. And uh, Thomas is the one that is creating all this uproar. Okay, they go to Thomas's house, this mob and friends, I want you to know that mob exists here in New Mexico. It's here. They're wanting to take us, uh, to take everything that we, uh, all the rights that we have. So they go to Thomas's house, and Thomas is the one. And so for some reason, he walks out, and poor old Roy's there with Tom uh, just enjoying that. And they drag Roy out of there and say, you tell us where Thomas is at. Tell us. Where's Thomas? Well, I don't know. And so next thing you know, this mob starts beating up on Roy. Would Roy be loyal to Thomas? Would any of us be loyal to, you know, if they come in here and I sneak out the back door and they start dragging all of you out and say, where is that pastor? Where is he at? The one that's creating all this uproar?" You tell us. Well, we're not going to tell you about one by one. Albert's the first one. And he goes out and he comes in all bleeding, all bloody and all beat up. Okay, who's next? Somebody going to speak up? No, we're not going to speak up. So they take Casey out next. Casey walks in all bloodied up and everything. Where's Ralph? He's the one letting worship. Where's Ralph at? What's Ralph going to do? Here, take Natasha. Take Natasha. (laughs) No, I don't think he would do that. (laughs) I wouldn't do that. But I, I want you to get the idea of what was going on. Okay? Paul is simply reasoning with people, telling them about Jesus Christ, how he died. He had to die so that our sins could be forgiven. He's just, he's, he's turning the, uh, the, the world upside down. The word is out. The mob is out. They're out to get him. They're out to stop. And guys, we're beginning to see some of this. Not locally to the point where people are being dragged out. You know, you get on your phone and, uh, you know, with all these restrictions lately, this, is one of, this has been one of the best years of mine as far as Christmas shopping. It really has. Well, because I've done it all online. Every bit of it has been online. And I, I, I didn't have to deal with any crowds. I love it. But as I go online, boy, you want me to give you a good one? No, I'm going to leave this for some other time. I go online, and every every site that I go on, this thing pops up. And they're asking for my permission for my location. And you can either accept or you can block it. Well, I don't think it matters if you block it because they already know. I mean, the moment you get on your telephone, they are already, they have you under surveillance. You remember five, what was it, 10 years ago, we were talking about the big eye in the sky? Well, guess what? The big eye is in every home, every home. And I would say be very careful with some of the televisions that you're buying because some of these televisions that you're buying has the eye where they can see everything that's going on in your home. This doesn't sound real, does it? And yet this is the world that we're living in today. We have, and we know without any doubt, that the high-tech industry has really corrupted our elections this year. They have been so involved. Who is it? Google, Facebook, Twitter. They've been so involved. and Thomas and I were just talking about this earlier before service. We were talking about what is Bill Gates, what interest does he have in this vaccine? Well, you know, Bill Gates, he was, uh, he, he developed software. So he's, he's able to develop anything that he wants. Where are his guinea pigs. I never understood until this year, Silicon Valley and all the high-tech in Silicon Valley. These guys want to control the world and they're doing it. And I will tell you they don't have an ounce of spirituality, they could care less, And yet they're smart enough, and they're going to figure out a way, if they have not already, to come against us that declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, most of us are saying, dear God, please, even so, come. Come before any of that happens. But chances are, chances are, it's not going to happen. We're going to face some of this. Paul did. Let me read a little further here. Jason has harbored them and these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying, here is another king, Jesus. They troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city when they heard these things, so when they had taken uh, security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Therefore, many of these Many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women as well as men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was preached by Paul at Berea, they came there also, and they stirred up the crowds. They don't stop. They won't stop. They don't want to hear this, the word. They don't want to know about Jesus Christ. They only have one king, and that is the fact that they want to control. And they're not going to stop. They're going to continue this mob. So what does Paul do? We hear and we read that Paul, in many cases, when he was preaching, he had to leave quickly or by night or they had to hide him and, and get him out because they wanted to the word to, 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 to spread. Aren't you glad that you live in the United States of America? <laughs> Aren't you glad that you live in Albuquerque, New Mexico, when you have all these freedoms? Well, friends, what I'm simply telling you is be prepared, be ready, because we're beginning to see some of this. And to what extent will we have to go before it all begins to change? Go to 1 Thessalonians. First Thessalonians, uh, let me just quote a few verses in uh, chapter 1 there. Again, this is, this is the church that Paul established. He was there for three Sabbaths. He uh, had to leave because of the fact that they were after him to kill him. He leaves, uh, who was it, Timothy and, and um, some other guy here, Silas in charge there. But let me me just refer to a few verses here in the first chapter, verse 6. Let me read 5 with it. Our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. You became followers of us and the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. They received the word with much affliction. What is Paul referring to? Well, he's referring to the fact that poor Jason was dragged out and these others, every time they tried, there was a lot of affliction connected to that. And let me ask you this question this morning. How many of us have faced this affliction while receiving the word of God? We haven't. It's not there. Again, we still have these freedoms. We have the freedom to come this morning. And unlike California, where you have a few pastors that are defying everything that Gavin Newsom is doing out there, they're saying, we don't care what you say, we're going to open up our churches. And we find that many of them are being arrested over there. So we're seeing that the, the few that are in California, those, those that want to receive the word, those that are, are hungry for God's word, when, when, when uh, uh, what's his name, uh, MacArthur, when he's able to, to get out there and, and give him the word, it, it's coming with a lot of affliction. And yet here I am every Sunday morning. I have no problems getting down here on a Sunday morning. There's not a cop at the gate or there's no one else uh, that is trying to stop me. And you guys have the very same uh, freedom to come here. There, there is no affliction at this point. And all I can say is that, you know, the day may come that we won't have this uh, ability to worship live the way we do. You know, I, I love going in my office every morning and turning on some music and just sitting there and enjoying it. But man, there's just something about having someone lead us in the worship. You know, every once in a while on a Wednesday night when we come and we pray, I'll put some worship music so we can kind of get into the uh, mood of praying. And, and then it's good as we worship wherever it is that whatever music I put on there. But it's not the same having somebody up here leading us in that worship. And the day may come. Or they put a restriction on 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 Ralph and say you know what this is as far as you can go you can't go into the South Valley where they put a restriction on Bob and they say you know what you can't you can't go down to the South Valley you are confined you're confined to your uh, you're, you're confined to your your uh, um, zone zip code you're confined to your zip code well how are they going to know well they already know where you're going They already know where you're at. Yet these guys, there was something happening. Paul and and these others were were turning the world upside down. You know, I I, 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 uh, commend, I commend these these business, these restaurant owners that have said we are are going to remain open we don't care and i mean i are we really living in this time is this really the time that, that is this really what what life is about today you know thousands lined up with, uh, to 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 support these these owners Is this really the time that we're living in? What is God doing with us? What does he want us to do? Where does he want us to go? Wouldn't we rather go back to 10 years ago when there was absolutely nothing? We just came and we just enjoyed. Friends, I'm simply telling you that every time that we come together, we need to dig deeper. When it comes to worship, we need to worship with every ounce of energy that is within us. When the word is being preached or being taught, that we sit there and we say, God, what is it that you're speaking into my heart? God, I want to dig deeper and I want to draw closer to you. Friends, this is where the church needs to be at today is dig deeper, fight harder, and just let the world know and we can turn this world upside down just like they did. Friends, we've got to turn this world upside down regardless of the cost. over the second chapter, verse 13. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of man, but as it is in the truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you uh, who believe. For you, brethren, became imitators of the churches of God, which are in, judges, uh, in Judea. I'm sorry, in Christ Jesus. For you also suffered the same things from your own countrymen, just as they did from the Judeans, who both killed, who killed both the Lord Jesus and and their own prophets, and have persecuted us, and they do not please God. And are contrary to all them, they persecuted us, friends. Every disciple that went out there to spread the gospel, they every one of them faced some form of, of persecution. And I'm saying right now that persecution that we're beginning to sense it hasn't gone, it hasn't come down to our level. And when it does get down to our level, we'll be, will we be just as faithful as these that Paul ministered to? Hallelujah. Where am I, chapter three? Chapter three, let me start with verse one. Therefore, when we could no longer endure it, we thought it good to be left in Athens alone and sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborers in the gospel of Christ to establish you and to encourage you concerning your faith that no one should be shaken by these afflictions. And yet are we being shaken by these afflictions that we're facing? See, I think every one of us have faced different types of afflictions at some point in our lives. But the affliction that we're dealing with now is that persecution, is dealing with those restrictions. And so are we? Are we being shaken by them? They certainly were, but they didn't stop. Let me uh, go to chapter 4. Starting with verse 1. Finally, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more. Gosh, if I could say anything this morning, I would repeat the words that Paul is saying there. I exhort every one of you. I exhort you and I, I, I urge you that you abound more and more. Uh, that, that's for every one of us, that we abound more and more, that, that we find it every day. God, today I want to I draw closer to you. God, I want, I want the power of your Holy Spirit to saturate my whole being saturate my whole being to the place that, that i am i i'm i'm inspired i'm motivated not only to pray for the church but i'm so inspired and so the holy spirit empower me like you did on the day of Pentecost, fall fresh on me like you did, that I may be a witness, that I may be out there, and regardless of whom I come against me, that I'm going to preach the word. I'm going to, I'm going to reason the word with those out there, friends, that we may abound more and more. This was what Paul was telling them. That you may abound more and more. In other words, the more that we are afflicted, the more persecution that we face, don't just give in and give up, but stand up and pray and just seek the word. Seek God even more so. Hallelujah. That is what he is telling them. And I believe that is what God is saying right now. Many of us, we don't know. And I said on Wednesday night, I don't even know how to approach this uh, praying for this virus anymore. Some of it makes sense and some of it doesn't make sense. I told Teresa last night because I think there was 32 deaths yesterday. I think there was 40 the day before. And I think that in the last week, there's been well over 200 deaths. And I'm telling her or I'm asking her, I says, who is taking care of all these deaths? French mortuary and uh, these others, they they must be overwhelmed with all these deaths that are taking place. And I hate to say it this way, but man, they're raking in the bucks right now because so many people are dying as a result of, of the COVID. And a part of me, and I'm, no, I'm not, the only one. A part of me says there's no way. There's just no way that many people. Part of me says they've got to be fixing those numbers. They've got to be fixing those numbers. And the more, you know, Casey said this. I don't even think about it anymore. No I don't even listen to it anymore. But man, I'll tell you, it has a way of catch, capturing your mind to the point of almost I'm going insane. I'm losing my mind. What is God doing? What is he doing with the church today? What is he doing with us today? And so Paul is telling uh, Timothy there, you encourage them, tell them to abound more and more. Verse two, for you know what commandments we give you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, that your sanctification, that you should abstain, from sexual immorality. Now, when I read that earlier in the week, and I dealt with this just a little bit last week, and I'm thinking, goodness, we read through the entire New Testament, seems like, Since especially in, in Corinthians, there was a big, big problem in, in Corinth with sexual immorality. But it wasn't on the outside, it was on the inside in the church. And so here I read it again, I said, my goodness, Paul is dealing with this again? And why am I dealing with it? There's nothing I should deal with today. We saw, and boy, I'll tell you, it was so sad. We saw it this last week, both Teresa and I were just, our our eyes are glued to the television as we see this. And it's mothers at a unity church having a ceremony for their four and five and six-year-old girls that are, transgender and they're having them go up to the microphone and they're telling their little Susie, go ahead Susie, tell these people, go ahead Susie, tell them that you're a girl but you really wanna be a boy, go ahead Susie. And you see Susie there almost in tears. And I'm saying, what parent, what parent would do that to their child? And yet, this is the world that we're living in. This is the America that we're dealing with. And let me just say one more time, guys. I think this last year, this last election, there has been more transgenders and more LGBTQs that have been voted into office. And there's probably a number of them up in Washington and in Santa Fe that are taking over with their way of thinking. And yet, Paul there is telling Timothy that there is sexual immorality? Of course there is. Pornography is perhaps the biggest industry in, and let me just say that the United States of America leads in the amount of money that is being spent on pornography. America is. What is going on? And yet, Paul here is telling him he says, he says, separate yourself, sanctify, sanctification, and Deal with sexual immorality. I mean, the only reason I can say that the Lord has brought me here several times is maybe there are those here that need to look at that, examine themselves, and and, and see if there's any any form of that in them and and deal with it. For that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel. That each should know how to possess their own vessel. Last week I was dealing about with the fact that the flesh, the flesh is always dictating to us, do this, do that, and it's always contrary to the word. It's always contrary to what the spirit wants. And so here Paul is telling Timothy, tell, him, tell these guys, learn how to possess your own vessel. You know, this idea of uh, men uh, at the workplace getting together and somebody is telling this dirty story or dirty joke or whatever, and you're there listening to it. Possess your own vessel. You don't have to let them say to you, you need to sit here and listen to it. Uh, no, possess your own vessel and walk away from something like that. That is, and Paul deals with it. He says, abstain from the appearance of all evil. Abstain, uh, but learn how to possess your own vessel. Hello? <laughs> whether whether it be uh sexual immorality or you know these other areas that I that I dealt with last week uh selfish ambitions uh you know uh, uh times of of wrath or uh, anger whatever learn how to possess that that vessel when you know that you're doing something that doesn't line up with the word of god or you know that you're about to do something that grieves the father learn how to bring that vessel under Uh, 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 just bring it under, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Control, uh, subjection, thank you. Bring it under subjection. Lock yourself up if you have to and get away from, you know, television has become ridiculous anymore. Good old brother Chuck Byers, 20, uh, 40 years ago, he he was quite a preacher evangelist types uh, style, and uh, he was just preaching away, preaching away, and he was so upset with what was going on in television. This is 40 years ago, guys, and he says, I got so fed up with my television, I took it out the mesa, and I shot it. (laughs) You know what? You don't have to shoot it. You don't have to shoot it. Just learn how to possess your vessel. Learn how to control that vessel. You know, this idea of... And it, it, it's just, it just tells you, to, tells you where, where the mindset of our country is at. Ron Howard. How many of you remember Ron Howard? Uh, Opie. Yes. Opie. You know, he's, he produces movies, 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 and he just produced a movie that was supposed to be decent. And um, there's another one that's been produced by Netflix, and it's called Cuties. I don't know if you've heard of the movie Cuties. They're what, 10, 11-year-olds, little girls, dressed very, very uh, provocative, uh, and they're doing some dances on the stage. Very, very provocative. Again, I don't understand what parent would even allow their kid to do something like that. Very provocative, and they're up there, and the reports came back, and the media preferred Cutie over Ron Howard's uh, movie. This is where we're at. Okay, let's go further cuz I got to wrap this up. Each of you should know how to possess your own vessel. Again, here's where I say examine your own examine yourself. Don't examine anyone else. Examine yourself. Not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter because the Lord is the avenger of all such. As we also forewarned you and testified, for God did not call us to uncleanness, but to what? He called us to holiness. And I'm wondering, maybe that's where we're missing it. Because if he's coming back for a bride that is without spot or blemish, maybe there's still some things in us that he needs to work them out. And maybe that's why he's putting us in the position that we're in today to clean us out, to work all these things out. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God who has also given us his Holy Spirit. Concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. Indeed, you do not; uh, you do so toward all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more, that you also aspire to lead a quiet life. Look at the next one. He says, "He says, mind, mind your own business." I'll just leave it at that. Mind your own business. <laughs> oh my gosh! When someone asks you something about your life, you just tell them "Nanya." What do you mean? <laughs> None <any> of business. <laughs> it's my business. Mind your own business, and you know what? It's so much easier to get into everybody's business but our own. <laughs> oh, did you know, sister and so, sister so and so? Did you know that? Oh, my, my. You know, gossip has always been a part of church life and just something that is so, so hard to get rid of, gossip. That's, I think where we need to examine ourselves and say, Am I? do I take part in gossip? Do I do this? Do I do that? And if we need to just, just approach it honestly, and if we do, just say, you know what? God, help me with this. Help me with this. Mind your own business. Hmm. Where am I at? <laughs> work <with your> hands.
2: <sighs>
0: that you also aspire to lead a lot, uh, mind your own business and to work with your own and to work with your own hands, as we commanded you. That you may walk properly toward those who are outside, and that you may lack nothing. I stop right there. Let me read to you Tara's story real quickly, and then we'll close. Tara's 15 years old, lives in the same house as her family, but she has been rejected by them because of her faith in Jesus. Nobody in the house talks to her or even allows her to go into the kitchen in case she pollutes the food or water with her unclean faith. She's forced to work as a day laborer just to make ends meet. She became a Christian after she was healed from an illness. She found a peace she hadn't known before, but it also put her life in an upheaval. My parents told me, You are a shame to the family. Our community detests us because you go to church. Either leave Jesus or forget the relationship you have with us. Tara remembers, Today I still live in my house with my parents and the rest of my siblings, but I am totally rejected she continues. I am confined to a small room. I have been warned not to talk to the rest of the people in the house. Nobody speaks to me. I am estranged in my own home. She reflects on her journey since accepting Jesus. Because of persecution, I once tried leaving Jesus, but I felt empty, she says. There is a void in life which I can never fill without him. I cannot leave him. Tara is tearful, and as she shares more about her brother and siblings. Local open door partners have, have, hope to help her get admission to a better school with hostile provisions and to supply some of her basic needs, daily needs. Please pray for my family that they may know the Lord soon and accept me. I really miss them, she says. Though she seems desperate because of her challenge, she clearly has a faith that sustains her. Can you imagine that? you imagine having to choose between your family and Christ? Hallelujah. Friends, we're going there. We're getting there. And the only thing we can do is stand for our faith, fight for our faith. Continue to abound more and more. Prepare ourselves for any opposition that we might be facing. If you are witnessing or ministering to your family, don't stop. Continue to do so. Whatever it is. Our prayer chain that we have here, we need to just be strong in that prayer chain and just continue to pray for one another. Friends, we need to just abound more and more. We need one another. We need to uh, be there to not only fellowship, but to pray with one another. Friends, why does God give me these messages? Because I believe that come 2021, it doesn't matter who wins. If Biden wins, then we're in for a real, real a uh, uh, lot of a lot of uh, opposition. If, if, if uh, Trump wins, I'm telling you right now, the moment they overturn that, you better get your armor on because it's everything's going to break loose in a, in a way that, uh, that that we've never seen here in America. And so all we have, our only hope is in the word of God. Our only hope is in Christ Jesus. And if he's telling us to examine, if he's telling us to look at ourselves and work all these things out, if these things are what's keeping us from abounding more, by all means, let us come before him and say, God, reveal all these things to me because I want to be able to know that you have received me and that I am in the will that you have called me to to, to do your work. And so, friends, times are going to get rough, but we can't stop. The gospel we can't stop the fellowship we can't stop the gathering of the saints we've got to maintain a strong strong relationship and realize hey we've got to we're in this together and uh whatever happens whatever happens hallelujah you know if, if you're if you're praying at home and, and you have your music loud and then the police come by Call us, call us, and we'll come and we'll surround your house, and we'll come and we'll gather with you. We've got to bind together. We've got to uh, just be there with one another and just continue the walk and the work that God has called us to. Amen? So let's not give up. Let's continue. And let me just say one more thing. This is the season. Jesus is the season for the reason. And this is the season for us to be just joyful. Don't let anything that we're facing right now suck that out of you and cause you to think, oh, man, things are getting... So what? Let him get bad. Just maintain a relationship with God. And every time that you come in, uh, in contact with, a, with another believer, just talk about God. Just pray with each other. Hallelujah. You know, l- last week uh, I was walking my walk down to, to, to Blake. And on the way back, this guy's riding his bike. He's riding his bike. And a uh, person that I know, and he says, I woke up this morning, my side, my side was hurting. And he says, he asked me, he says, do I look okay? And I said, yeah, you look fine. He says, would you pray for me? And right there, I didn't put my hand on him, uh, because I didn't know where he had been at, but I put my hand out, and it was obvious for anybody that was driving, I put my hand out, and I begin to pray over him. Friends, this is what we need to do. It doesn't matter where you're at. If you're standing at Walmart outside for two hours, <laughs> Be glad and just begin to whistle uh, the old uh, Opie song. No, 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 don't, don't do uh, uh, the Andy Griffith song. Don't, 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 don't whistle that. Whistle amazing grace. Hallelujah. Whistle something. Friends, we need to find something inside us to stir us up and say, no one's going to take this joy that I have, that God has given me. I'm going to remain true and faithful to my God. Hallelujah. Well, I close with this. Hallelujah. So before I give you the ironic blessing, um, I was here last week I was in my office, I was expecting a package from FedEx and I've got a little alarm in my office when somebody walks to the door and it went bing, 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 bing. I thought, oh yes, FedEx is here. So I get up and I walk and it wasn't FedEx. It was Lino. <laughs> Lino's back here. Uh, Lino came in and uh, we, we had a great conversation for about half an hour. Um, and, and he was in need of prayer. And uh, after just talking for about half an hour, Lino and his son Isaiah uh, are here in the back. And uh, you just never know. You never know what God has on your path. God's doing something, guys. God's still moving. He's given us opportunities. So don't take a step back. Take advantage of every opportunity that presents itself on a daily basis. He came in asking for a prayer, and after I just talking to him, I said, Man, Leno, very knowledgeable of the word. And, and, and it was a it was a star, David, on the outside, that, that drew him in. And I said, Leno, if you can't come on, son, and here he is, him and his son. Lino, come on up here. We're gonna pray over you and your son. This guy, he's uh he's had a tough time here in the last few months. Separation from his kids. But uh, but he's here. He's he's a security guard for Walmart. Um, hey, do you have any pull to get into a store sooner? <laughs> you know what I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about just that. It's ridiculous. It is. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, we, um, and this is son Isaiah. He's uh, 11 or 13? 13. 13 years old. So, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stretch forth your hands. Father God, in Jesus' name, we pray over Lino. Oh, God, you're so good. Father, I believe that there's something stirring up inside of Lino. Here's Amanda. I believe loves you. And Lord, he's not letting this, these afflictions, this, these sufferings that he's going through, he's not letting those things bring him down. He's done the right thing. He's asked for prayer. And Lord, this morning we surround him. We surround him with your love, your mercy, and your grace. We surround him with the power of your Holy Spirit. And Father, just as I prayed earlier in the week, you're going to direct every step that he takes. Father, here's a man that desires to follow you and to serve you. And God, we're not going to let the enemy that has come against him to bring him down, to destroy him. Father, if anything, the power of your Holy Spirit is going to raise him up. God, you're going to fill him with the power of your Holy Spirit. And God, you're going to saturate every part of his being right now. And God, he's going to be a mighty man of God. He will declare your word. He will witness about who you are in his life. God, and you're going to bring together those things that have tore him apart. God, heal him emotionally. Heal him emotionally. God, and we thank you, Father. I pray over Isaiah right now in Jesus' name. And I trust, Father, this young man is going to look up to his dad, and his dad is going to be an example of Christ in him, and he's going to desire the very same thing. God, I pray that in his home, where he is at right now, you're going to saturate that entire home with the power of your Holy Spirit. And Father, right now, we pray over Isaiah, you're going to saturate his being with your Holy Spirit. And Father, when he walks into a home, God, where there is unbelief, Father, they're going to see a difference in this young man, because you, you have God, Father, you've created in your life in him. God we thank you. And we give you praise. Father there are some needs. And I pray right now that every need in their lives. Are going to be met. Because your promise is. That you will supply all of his needs. According to your riches and glory. And father you are going to do just that. God I pray this in your name. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And just one last thing. You see that young lady standing back there in the corner? That's Pauline. Pauline, I just want you to know this young man has a heart for street ministry for the homeless. So, Father, grant this this to uh, Lino. Grant him, Father, that desire to share. And, Father, if it's like Paul to receive that word with affliction so be it because we know that you go with him thank you father amen amen well let me just give the hours here fine just stand right there the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you the lord lift up his countenance and he will give you his peace Amen. God bless you. See you on uh, Wednesday for prayer. Amen.